Welcome to Well With Blue, the podcast that's less of a show and more of a heart to heart with me, your friend and health coach, Azul. Each week, I'll share my best self-care tips with you, and together, we'll redefine what a healthy life looks like and improve the most important relationship in our lives, the one we have with ourselves, so that we can get out of our own way and live the life we want and deserve. This is the real and unfiltered side of wellness and personal growth, so cozy up, my friend, and let's chat. Hello and hi, friends. Today on the show, I'm so excited. I have a friend of mine, Dr. Brittany Ellers on. She is a founder of Being Better, a wellness brand based in California. She found her niche in the pelvic healthcare after graduating with a doctorate in physical therapy and then moving through the healing of her own menstrual cycle and pelvic floor pain, which we talk about in this episode. Since then, it's been her mission to tackle the taboo, educate openly about pelvic health issues, and to guide you to heal and access one of the most vital and powerful parts of your body. She believes that the pelvis is the root, the center of life, creativity, and confidence, and she helps her clients gracefully move through their reproductive years into menopause while embodying the brightest versions of themselves. Mary's Moon, Scorpio, Rising, Splendic 2-4, Projector, and Enneagram 3 with Wing 2, which I had no idea what any of those mean, but we get into it as well in this podcast, and it's so fascinating. In today's episode, we talk about all things menstrual cycle. We go deep into cycle syncing, getting off of birth control, on how to support yourself through things like menstrual phases, and really just leaning into how beautiful it really is to be a woman. I loved this episode, and I hope you do too. I know you will. She is such a light and a joy. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Hi, Brittany. <laughs> Hi, Azul. I have to, first of all, what was that essential oil blend that you just put on? Because I love that. Uh, it's a purity blend or oh. purity, purify, uh, a cleansing blend. So it has lemon, Siberian fir, citronella, lime, tea tree, and randomly cilantro, but I love it. Oh. It smells like citrus fresh. Yeah. Is it calming or is it like uplifting? It it uplifts for me. Okay. I mean, well, yeah. I need that in yeah. strong doses right now. <laughs> yeah. No, same. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. I was so excited. We um, always just have such great conversations around these topics. And I really was like so drawn to you the moment I met you. And I just knew when girl. I was coming up with podcast guests, you were one of the first people that came into my mind. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I would love to hear from you in your own words, what, what it is that you do, or more importantly, like what it is that like takes up your time? Like, what are you enjoying doing right now in your business? Mm, That's such a good question. And thank you again for just having me here and holding space for some of these really important topics. Um, Okay. In my own words, what I do do, (laughs) I I was just (laughs) watching friends. (laughs) Um, I, so just by trade, I'm a a pelvic physical therapist. I consider myself a holistic pelvic physical therapist. So I really love to incorporate everything, body, mind, and soul. And I love looking, um, head to toe at people and deep. Um, I do a lot of like energy work as well. Um, I blend what I do and, uh, into craniosacral and, the energy, the yoga that I have a background in and, um, yeah, physical therapy modalities. 
and I spin it into this little practice called being better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have a home practice where I see people one-on-one, but what takes up a lot of my time, at least right now, what I'm currently trying to focus on is um, more online teaching and um, just like education. I have a podcast as well um, that I would love to have you on, by the way. Um, <laughs> next season. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of uh, education online that I'm focusing on. So at least while we're recording this, uh, I am going through a series of workshops called SLOPE. And that stands for Secure, Loving, Open, Pelvic Embodiment. And oh, love that. Yeah. I mean, it was like an idea that I had back in 2020 and I just shared it as a, a free masterclass. But since I've been really working on a lot of these different topics, um, it's kind of been like, okay, we can go a little deeper here. We can make it accessible via online and workshoppy and still have it feel really potent with very simple practices and having this like sacred container really to to talk through some of these hard topics. Well, it's not hard for everyone, but I definitely feel like it's um, it's important. And again, it's just like kind of the full breadth of my practice. So, um, I'd almost say like the, the six workshops are basically six pillars of my work right now, um, that I'm really excited to keep diving deeper into. And I can share those if you, if you want, but yeah, no, you will definitely, we'll definitely get into those. Cause I think you inspire me so much with like everything that you have going on. And it just seems like you're always like, pushing out this cool new workshop or masterclass or event or whatever. I'm like, dang, look at her. That's amazing. And they're all such good topics. And I think, you know, I don't know whether like they're hard or just people want to talk about them, but we don't know if we can or if it's just been taboo for so long, you know? And, um, but I definitely feel like pelvic floor and, and just like women's sexuality is kind of not, I don't want to say like up and coming, but I feel like I see it being talked about more, which is kind of cool, but still not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, it's talked about, uh, to the point where I don't know on social media, it's definitely one thing I think in terms of feminine embodiment and like the feminine masculine kind of like, you know, relationship dynamics and things like that. It's really interesting, but you can't necessarily talk about sex or sexuality without getting flagged or censored on social media. So it is like, a safer place and a more like free and open place to talk about this kind of stuff. Cause otherwise you, you actually can't and like you will get shut down for, for talking about it on certain platforms. But that's so crazy. Instagram censorship is just so, I just not even going to go into it because <laughs> it like I know, makes me angry. I <laughs> no, I literally, I think at one point I had written out a list of all these words that I wanted to say, and then was writing up like how I could tweak them so that they wouldn't get pulled mm. up, you know, and, Smart. and censored. But yeah, it was just really annoying. Like what a workaround, like making yeah. this information really hard to, to find for some people. Yeah, that is ugh, the state. Um, so what I'm really interested in what got you into this line of work to begin with, like what inspired you to go into pelvic floor and then just like one, one step further, which is like the more holistic approach to it. I mean, the feminine embodiment and you talk about, you know, sexy cycles and all that kind of stuff, which we'll get into, but I, what the background is there. I'm very curious. Yeah. So goodness, um, where to begin? I started (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I guess I, I got more interested in like in a holistic or just, you know, energetic kind of thing. Um, even while I was in grad school, I started or I took my yoga teacher training while I was in in school and finishing up internships. And I definitely took a lot of that into um, into practice right away. Uh, when I graduated from PT school, I was just kind of like your basic outpatient ortho PT. I was working at a clinic and seeing all kinds of people like from kids all the way to, you know, 90 year olds who were recovering from stroke or whatever. Um, and that was all really great. I think that just during that time, it was a fantastic exposure to all kinds of people. But just from like my perspective and my my body's way of showing me stuff, I was I was burning out really quick. It was like a year and a half that I lasted and probably just even shy of a year in, I ended up feeling more pain in my pelvic floor. It's actually kind of funny, not funny, but funny looking back, <laughs> what kind of like triggered this and like exposed this for me. But I ended up having a self-pleasure practice. And at the time you could just call it whatever masturbation mm -hmm. I was using a vibrator. And I didn't really like let myself fully finish, I guess. And I was feeling strapped for time to get to work. So I like literally jumped right off the bed and went into work, was feeling like very uncomfortable in my pelvic floor. And then noticing that I actually had um, this like constant urge to go to the bathroom. And oh gosh. Pee. Yeah. And it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like a full bladder. I would just feel that urge to go. Mm -hmm. And every time I would go to the bathroom, you know, like cutting into my patient time and being like, excuse me, one second, I just have to go try to go to the bathroom. And um, I would dribble like, two little droplets into the toilet and it was still painful. And, um, I would sort of like a UTI, huh? Exactly. Kind of? okay. Exactly. I had never had a UTI before that time. And I, that wasn't a UTI, but realizing it now is so cool that actually at the time I was treating a pelvic physical therapist for <laughs> her issues, like separate orthopedic issues. And I ended up calling her. I told I told my boss actually what was going on first. And he was like, oh, yeah, go home. <laughs> <laughs> he was really sweet about it. <laughs> and I think he could tell that I was like starting to burn out because like, I hadn't taken any vacations. I was saving all my vacation mm -hmm. days for this big family vacation. And uh, yeah, so I ended up calling that that patient of mine on the phone and she was like it sounds like your pelvic floor is just overactive if you can downregulate your nervous system you know like use your yoga basically like take some deep breaths maybe even have another um orgasm and let yourself actually fully relax into it mm -hmm. instead of like staying kind of like tight and you know when you feel that orgasm or that climax there's like a pelvic floor contraction relaxation yeah. right so she's like, let yourself fully feel it and then just lay there for a bit. Um, don't rush anywhere. Just let yourself relax. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> I was a little you Don't need to tell me twice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, usually. But I was like, am I going to make this worse? Right. But I ended up doing it and um, I found recovery there. And that was really awesome. I think after – goodness, it was probably a few months later that I had read this book, Woman Code. 
Oh, um, such a good book. It's so good. It literally changed my life. One of my friends who actually, she's from PT school too, and she's a pelvic PT as well. Her sister had given it to her and um, she came to me and was like, you have to read this. And I was like, okay, like I believe you. And at the time I was then, okay, in a new relationship, newer relationship. And I was on the patch for birth control. I had okay. been off and on different birth controls for, you know, 10 years, like almost everyone else my age. I'm 33. Um, and I had been on the pill, nuvering, nuvering made me crazy. The patch was like pretty, pretty mellow from what I remember. Um, and after reading that book though, I was like, well, if I'm really caring so much about what I'm putting into my body, like food wise, what I put on my skin, you know, lotions and makeup and things like that. Like, why am I putting extra <laughs> in? I have like, such was... a similar story. That's crazy. Yeah, I bet. I bet that's why we're so attracted to each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's connection. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. So I read it and was like, okay, I'm going to run with this, but I didn't like go cold Turkey off my birth control. I didn't just like stop it. It actually took me a few months. Um, to kind of game plan it out a little bit. Uh, I think at that point I was still on my parents' insurance, but something did like switch over. Mm -hmm. And I um, realized that having the patch was going to cost me like 120 something dollars a month. And I mm. was like, okay, no. Um, but anyways, I just, I ended up cycle syncing, like what Elisa VD talks about in that book. Mm -hmm. I started with um, just my workouts for one whole month. I just tweaked kind of my schedule on that. I then in the second month, I kind of tweaked and cycle synced my nutrition as best as I could. And it was after those two months. I'd been on also a few supplements uh, that she had recommended from her like birth control rehab. You can find that on her website. Mm -hmm. I um, I came off of it and it was like pretty great. And wow, I had my period right away. Um, my only side effects, I always say was that it was just maybe like two days late and I had light headaches. So it was not bad. I didn't have that whole birth control, um, sy symptom, like, mm -hmm. uh, withdrawal or anything like that. And ever since then, which that was, oh, that was in 2018. Okay. Yeah. That was in 2018 that I came off. Uh, I haven't looked back. I've been using fertility awareness method pretty much since I've been cycle syncing as best as I can now being in a relationship, um, with someone. And it's, uh, it's interesting that like a lot of, um, what ended up happening when we moved in together last year, it was like, I forgot to cycle sync essentially, or like, I was just letting go of those boundaries a little bit, mm -hmm. trying to stay flexible and like moving in with that. But now I'm like really gung-ho about it again. <laughs> like I have my food chart on the fridge and I have a magnet like that I move based on what phase I'm in so that wow. he's Wow. I need to get on this level. It's honestly, it's so funny. So my brother, he actually, when I started my business in 2019, it was like literally right after the breakup from the other partner. Um, He helped me do all my branding for my business and- he, I like put this kind of chart together in like a branded way and added a few like details here and there. 
and had him design it and it looks so good and I sell these sheets actually on my website okay well we're gonna have to link this because I definitely need one and I'm sure a lot of people will be really interested in it I mean they're so cute um yeah they're so beautifully like you know made so that you could have it be somewhere and it's like not an eyesore you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I actually went to my brother's house uh like a month ago and saw that his wife who had had done some learning from me as well uh for her cycle she had had it printed on their fridge and I was like wait that's a great idea like why didn't I think about that (laughs) (laughs) so I copied her idea (laughs) I love that that's amazing that's so cool and I think that's I mean, this is a topic that I feel like is being talked about more and more, this whole like, should I, shouldn't I with birth control? Mm. And um, I had a very similar similar story. I never, the only thing I ever did was the pill. Like I was on the pills and I would take them really religiously. And when I really got into health and wellness and um, towards the end of one of my previous relationships, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I had had bad experience. One of them in college made me literally go crazy. I turned into a hermit. I didn't want to talk to my boyfriend at the time, my best friend at the time. Like I didn't want to do anything. And I was convinced it was the birth control pill. Doctors were like, just keep at it for three months. I was like, absolutely not. Within, I would say like a week of being off of it, I returned to my normal self. And I was like, this is fucked. Um, But I kept on it because I wasn't given any other choice. So I just went on a different pill. And then I, you know, later on when I got really into like wellness and hormones and I had read that book and I was just like, I'm done. I don't want to do this. Yeah. So I, I mean, I cold turkey, which is probably not like the best, but I didn't really know what else to do at the time. Right. And, uh, yeah, I have not looked back. I do the same thing as you. I use like an app and just condoms and, you know, just being really careful with it. Exactly. I feel like, so part of what I do now is like educate women on cycle syncing. And I feel like it's interesting just to apply this knowledge though, to, or even like looking kind of with a zoom out of feminism and what it looks like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a three hour podcast episode. (laughs) I know, but isn't it so wild that like back in the day when the pill was created, it was created by men, but it was created in the sense of like, you could then control who you wanted to have a baby with, like you could have sexual expression without that fear of getting pregnant. And that was like the liberating thing to do at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, fast forward now. Cause I think the pill came out in the fifties. I forget, but um, fast forward and here we are. And I feel like the more feminism, femi- whatever thing to do, <laughs> not the, it's not the feminine thing to do, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? Um, is to, be synced to your natural cycle mm-hmm. and really embody that. So like letting yourself feel the highs of your ovulation and letting yourself feel quote unquote, the lows. I don't actually see my menstrual phase or like even late luteal phase when PMS kind of rolls itself around. It's not like that for me. Like I don't have a, a painful or heavy period or anything like that. And I do feel like it's just one of those, it's one of those things where you kind of have to stop taking those quote unquote normal things. Like it's not normal to have a really heavy bleed or a really Mm -hmm. painful bleed or have like crazy ass mood swings where you push everyone that you love away. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or like you're, you feel like you're being a bitch, but you're not, Mm -hmm. it's, 
it's not that at all but it is like a time where like you can go inward and you can stop saying yes to the social things because you just don't have the energy like but I feel like it's to cycle sync really does take someone who's willing to say no and stop being a people pleaser as best as you can but of course life also life's on you and yeah you you can't sometimes say no to certain things but yeah, yeah it's it was it's been an interesting journey with that I bet and and it's and it's fascinating and I'm glad like I'm glad we're talking about this because this is something that I really want to talk about because I think we've we've definitely normalized quote unquote bad periods and all the symptoms that come with it. And birth control is just kind of always the like, oh, you have acne because of your period, take this. Oh, you have cramps, take this. It's just kind of become such a band-aid. Um, and when when I read that book and I got really into like, you know, the cycles and everything like that to kind of realize like, oh, it's not normal to feel these ways. Like these are imbalances within your hormones. And those are things that you could definitely work on and regulate. And, you know, with a professional, it's much easier. But I think kind of with like anything in health, right? Like it takes time to get to know yourself and time and energy and the desire too. I think it's a lot easier to sometimes just be like, well, I'm just going to take this and not think about the repercussions, repercussions later on. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, there's this like one flat pill that like can get rid of your acne and your cramps. Oh, and you don't have to worry about getting pregnant. And like, you know, like it's just this one band-aid that sounds really cool until you find out how not cool it is for your body. Right. That's the, that's the sad part, I think about birth control um, and what information, I guess, doctors are giving to their patients Mm because they're not really sharing all of the side effects. Like I'm sure your doctor didn't tell you, oh, by the way, you might become a recluse and um, feel depressed essentially. Right. Yeah. No, or it could, it may affect your fertility down the line. Like it may, you like, or you're masking these symptoms could be something else that you're masking because of birth, like with birth control. Right. And you won't find out what those things are later on. Not like I'm like, trying to, not trying to scare anybody. I'm just, <laughs> no, no, but empowerment. Like, yeah, no, it's like the more, you know, cause this is the thing, like birth control can be helpful for some people. Right. And in the sense of like, if to me, this is, I'm not like totally against birth control. I'm just like, I'd rather you have all the information first and then you can make an informed decision. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with birth, like with my clients with birth. I'm like, just make sure you know your options and know that you can talk about this and you can ask right. for this, you know? You can ask your doctor about the side effects of this birth control, this birth control, this birth control, and then weigh your options. But yeah. it's it's just too often where people are like, oh yeah, here's the pill. This is all you're gonna get and this is all you can do. Otherwise you can use condoms. Maybe you should use condoms anyways because the pill, the pill doesn't, protect you from any STDs anyways. STDs, right? yep. So it's just, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather people hear it as like, you have all these options and select the best one that sounds to you. Don't just like narrow your choices because there are a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, goodness, it's so funny. Like all the, I was just thinking about like the gel thing. Uh, what was it called again? Oh shoot. I forgot. I'm not going to remember the name at all. Yeah. It's been so long since I've looked at any of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like the tried and true one for me is still like fertility awareness method, which is 
easy when you are cycle syncing. You're already tuned mm-hmm. into that anyways. Um, and then just using a condom when I'm yeah. not. Well, I think it's also kind of crazy how many people don't know when their period is starting because Mm -hmm. for me, I, I do like, I do go a little cray cray before my period and not in the sense that I'm like mean or crazy. I just start doubting everything in my life, my job, my self-worth, my, you know, like my relationship where I live, what I'm doing, like literally everything. I put it in the calendar. I was like, Azul doubts her entire life it's like a weird and I just have to know that because if I don't know then I'll get into my head right so I think you knowing that that could be what you're feeling it's almost like if you knew that in late luteal it wasn't maybe you reframe it right it's like not that you're doubting but you're realigning So you're just doing like a reassessment of all these things that you're doing, which is actually quite perfect because in, I was just talking to a friend about this, um, in late luteal, right. You have that big rise of progesterone and then that dip Mm -hmm. right before your period. But progesterone actually is like more of a Zen hormone and it's like your Zen auntie and you don't have as much estrogen, which to me is very much like a social lubricant which also peaks like right before ovulation, Mm -hmm. Um, which if you think about it, it's like, that's kind of just, it's physiological, it's biological to help with reproduction, right? Being social helps you potentially find a mate if you want to mate, if you want to reproduce. But then when you get into that late luteal, all these hormones are starting to come down. There's less social lubricant. So you are actually feeling all of this like inner, Maybe it's turmoil for some and maybe even for the same person, it's just like every other month or once a year or something like that. But it's also, I think, a brilliant time to have these difficult conversations, whether that's with yourself or with a partner that you're with at the time, because there's not this like fluff and you can really distill down to like the truth with a capital T, like what's really happening, you know? I love that reframe. See, I'm so, I'm so good at doing it in certain parts of my life. And then other words, other parts, I'm like, oh yeah, I need someone to shine the mirror and be like, hello. Um, Okay. So it, would you mind getting into that a little bit? Because I think a lot of people that are going to listen to this don't luteal what, like, what does that mean? What it like (laughs) ovulate, you know what I mean? Like, so with, you know, as much detail as you want, maybe a broad overview or whatever you think would be most helpful to someone kind of just getting into this and is like interested in like, wait, what are the cycles? How many are there? When do they happen? What can I expect? Like almost like a little bit of that, like cycle sinking knowledge, I think would be really helpful. Yeah. Let's do it. So, okay. Menstrual cycle could be anywhere between like 25, 35 days, give or take a little bit on the ends there. So if you're say cycling on- And this is like, you're not- you mean like men's the entire cycle phase? Yeah. When I say menstrual cycle, I mean the entire thing from period okay. to period. Got it. With everything in between. When I say menstrual phase, I mean like your period. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably won't say menstrual cycle. I'll just say like your cycle is this long, right? There, perfect. 35 days or so. To me, so this is also a little interesting piece of history or, you know, reasoning why it's counted like this, but a lot of gynecologists were males. And so the easiest way to track for them, for females who were cycling, um, the easiest way to count 
their cycle and the length of that is like starting with menses is day one of your cycle. Mm -hmm. This is when you're bleeding, when you start bleeding. Correct. Correct. Yep. Menses, bleed, period, moon phase, whatever you want to call it, your flow, ant flows in town, da, da, da. (laughs) You don't have to use euphemisms around me, but (laughs) tell me you're bleeding. (laughs) Um, So yeah, doctors, doctors counted day one as uh, the first day that you bleed. And to me though, my period feels more like an ending. So when I think about my period, I'm thinking like, okay, that's at the end of my cycle. I get and that. Yeah. So like the beginning of it feels like, okay, this is follicular phase. We'll, we'll come back to the period, but let's just start at follicular phase because um, to me, follicle is like hair follicle. It's the mm-hmm. beginning, the root of where everything else stems off of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the first seven to 10 days um, or let's say it's seven to 10 days long. Okay. So let's just you know, gauge it for like a week Okay, and it starts and right this after is... your bleed. Okay. So period, then follicular phase comes seven to 10 days long. You might feel this lift in your energy, this height, heightened energetic state, um, as you're getting closer to what's coming. Um, you might feel more creative during this time. You might feel like you can kind of get back into your workout routine. If you kind of took a break during your period, um, you might be craving fresh foods. I just think of follicular as like fresh mm-hmm. trying anything new during this phase is amazing to me. And it's just kind of like prepping you like for the rest of your month. And so like, for example, how I like to use follicular phases. If I have any new ideas, like they're usually coming during that time and I'm almost like mapping out the rest of the month or like the project that I'm just now starting to feel into. Then after those seven to 10 days, you hit ovulation, which is technically a 24 hour event, but leading up to that ovulation is considered like the ovulation phase and it's when you could get pregnant it's when you have that big spike in estrogen um, and testosterone and before that follicular stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone just to name a few more other (laughs) key players but you don't need to know all those yet (laughs) we're Uh, intricate creatures (laughs) yeah yeah we are oh my gosh it's like a symphony inside our bodies which is so cool if you think about it like that yeah everything it's like just cascading down into this beautiful effect and when you're ovulating goodness like everyone kind of knows it for maybe the fact that they could get pregnant but also like you notice changes in your cervical mucus so every time you look in your underwear maybe it's cervical fluid if you're weird about the word mucus (laughs) um I just think it's incredible like that your body creates this stuff and it helps sperm stay healthy and alive um, if you say have sex. And it's it's why that phase is considered a few days long, like anywhere between three to eight days. You can find it on the internet. It's like always varying, but that's because everyone's cycle varies. Um, it's not always day 14 like they say in the textbooks. It just depends on your cycle, what happened during that month. Ovulation can be delayed if you are sick, if you're stressed, if you're traveling. So that's also what kind of dictates how long your cycle is. Follicular phase is pretty variable. And then whenever you ovulate, if you ovulate, some people don't ovulate, that's called anovulation. And, um, but during that phase, if you are receiving that like big spike, 
if the egg is actually there in the fallopian tube waiting to be inseminated. Um, you might notice glowing skin, crazy amounts of energy or desire to be out in the world. They've actually done studies on women. They end up dressing more sexily, provocatively. Oh. Uh, they end up making more money during this phase. Like if you are, say, um, a waitress or a hostess of some kind, you will potentially receive more tips during that phase. If you're, say, going on a first date, like this is a great time to really just be in your community. You have great communication skills. Your corpus callosum, which is the thing that connects left and right hemispheres of your brain, is like firing on all cylinders. So really it's like your creative energy is just at its height, like it's peaking. And say you had some ideas in follicular phase, this is the time right now to like really write all the creative things that you need, do all the communicative things that you need. Like for me, that looks like sometimes creating content or like videoing myself or teaching a class. Um, it just feels a lot easier during that time. You have like, you're not at a loss for words, right? Um, I would also note that you could potentially PR if you are going for anything okay. athletic during this time. Did you know that? Personal um, best, personal record for anybody that doesn't know. Thank PR. you. Yeah. Um, did you know about the U.S. women's soccer team? No. I Well, I you had mentioned it to me, but we hadn't talked about it. Okay. Okay. So it, it's super interesting um, that when they won the World Cup, which was four years ago, not this year, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> when they did win the whole entire thing four-ish years ago, their their coach, their trainer actually attributed their win to the fact that they cycle synced their workouts. Wow. So their coach is paying attention to what phase each of the players were in, whether or not they were on hormonal birth control and they just like tweaked what they were doing. So some focused on like strength and conditioning, some focused on like scrimmage, some focused on recovery and kind of mixed it up. Right. So they actually, I don't think they had any injuries. They obviously won. And it was just like incredible that they crazy. Yeah. That they did that. It's like a whole nother way of training. Right. Yeah. Um, but it also makes total sense if you just listen to your body and like stay intuitive with it. But yeah. Okay. So let's say after ovulation, you hit luteal phase, which is the longest phase of your cycle. It's 10 to 14 days. And so to me, like my energy stays pretty much the same for the first half of that um, as it felt in ovulation and in that late follicular phase. So I'm pretty much doing a lot of the same things. I'm like putting things into action. I'm still probably producing a lot. Um, quote unquote, I'm like productive. Uh, but from like that outward sense, you know, there's a lot of output. I'm still working out the same. I'm potentially eating a little bit more. So one thing about like your hormones, it, it controls your metabolism, right? So when you're in follicular and ovulation, your metabolism is actually a little bit slower. So you don't necessarily need to eat as much. Um, I notice for me, like I can kind of wait to have breakfast so I can do a little bit more of a, um, an intermittent fasting during that time if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But it's like, as soon as you kind of hit this, you know, maybe it's middle luteal, maybe it's not until late luteal. 
I feel like my metabolism just skyrockets and I need to feast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people are scared of that. They are. Yeah, they are. And I mean, I'm sure you talk about this too, like on your, um, on your platforms, but it's, it's just crazy. Like all the things that are recommended to women in women's magazines or on, you know, women's health websites and other platforms, including intermittent fasting, including keto. It's like all of those things are studied on men and Mm -hmm. menopausal women, not people like us who are hormonally changing week to week, essentially. And it's just like really crazy how it gets a hold of, of them. And it's like the reason why the research is done is to help the military, which is so crazy. (laughs) You know, it's like to give them the least amount of resources with the biggest amount of impact. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a money thing. Um, so if you're someone who's like doing that right now, maybe take a pause and just like, look at this and, you know, take a step back. Yep. Um, so yeah, like during that phase, I'm just, I'm wanting more food, a lot more like carbs, sweet potatoes are like my favorite thing to eat during that time. Yeah. Um, so I like, yeah, exactly. I like give my favorite way of making sweet potatoes fries. Duh. Duh. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Like I love a breakfast hash. And there was a time where, I mean, my my partner's really sweet. He, if he finds out I like, like something and if he's like the one making it or whatever, and I'm like, Ooh, this is good. He'll like make it every day. What is we are. We get sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really hard. Like, that's why I actually printed out the the refrigerator thing so that we can kind of gauge together. Like, what are we going to eat this week for breakfast or dinner? And it's a lot easier when you're like meal planning and shopping for it. So yeah, I love doing like a little sweet potato breakfast hash or potatoes O'Brien kind of a thing. Love. Yeah. So yum. And okay. So during that like later phase, later part of that phase, I feel like again, PMS is creeping on in for some people, but to me that if you're feeling any kind of like fatigue or like a lack of desire to be social you aren't maybe in the mood for the normal kind of intimacy potentially that you were just feeling like recognize that it's okay but there are things that you can do about it like to me it's just about slowing down my workouts doing instead of hit or my whatever runs um, I'm doing more yoga doing more pilates uh, doing more like slow strength training lots of stretching. Um, and then I'm like not going out as much. I'm going to bed a little earlier, staying in bed a little later maybe, but I'm still like getting things done. Um, to me, there's like a deep desire to clean during that time. And just like how you were saying, you know, all of a sudden you're doubting everything. No, I think that's just like, it's like our body's way of like getting rid of the crap. Mm -hmm. so for me it's like I love to dust my house or I love to vacuum I love to sweep everything up I'll do the deep clean of the kitchen or the bathroom or something and it's not every month like perfect like that but I feel really really good when I do it and then it almost feels like I'm just nesting in a way and preparing myself to actually find space and rest during my period so periods are anywhere between three to seven days. 
again, it shouldn't be like a crazy amount of blood and it should be, you know, you're looking for that cranberry cherry red. If it's brown, you're potentially a little low on progesterone and you could be having that like leftover lining from the period before. So it's like old blood, you know, and if it's like dark and black and tarry, like that's another thing too, that you can look at. Yeah. If, if it's like bright pink, it might not be the period blood that you're really looking for, you know? Um, but yeah, it shouldn't be, I feel like, I don't know, someone, I saw this recently on this woman who is, um, an embodiment coach and she talks about her cramps more as like her womb's communication to her, like just the vitality of the movement in her womb. And I'm like, yeah, that that's how I experience it. It's like, it's not like a debilitating, crunching over kind of like kick me in the gut sensation. Um, so when I do feel my womb, like moving around like that, it's not like worrisome or annoying to me. It's like, Ooh, she's like, moving shit you he's know? letting some some stuff go yes yes <laughs> that's amazing um okay and then that's the entire cycle then you go into yeah. then you go back, back into to follicular your... phase yeah yeah so I like to think about it as if you're going to give it an acronym f-o-l-m follicular ovulation luteal menstrual so mm. foam foam <laughs> foam it's a really ugly acronym. Not like the cutest, not even, like I'll... it's not. It's not it's even not, a word. Yeah, <laughs> it's not slope. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's not slope, <laughs> but whatever. It does its thing. Okay. And yeah. any experience with like using a thermometer, for example? I know that's like a thing. Yeah, yeah. So fertility awareness method. Technically, you are taking your um, basal body temperature at the same time every morning. It's usually it should be the first thing you do every morning. I did that for two years pretty consistently. And then my thermometer died probably more than six months ago. So I haven't been taking my temperature, but um, you could do that. You could wear something around your arm, like temp drop. You could use the aura ring, which can sync also to natural. Oh, cycles. I didn't know the aura ring was that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Natural cycles, the the app, it's a paid subscription app. Mm-hmm. Um. So that will help you. So this is like the interesting part too. Like tracking is different than syncing. So when you're tracking, you're taking daily information, daily data, whether that's mm-hmm. your basal body temperature, you're noting any other quote unquote signs or symptoms like fatigue, acne, breast tenderness, low back pain, cramping, um, any other mood swings. And that's that's tracking it. Sinking is like, okay, I know I'm in this phase, so I'm going to alter by doing this or like I'm going to take these seeds in these phases. That's how yeah. I'm like sinking, right? To balance the hormones throughout. You track um, first and then you sink. Like you can't sink without tracking. I, I mean, it, so yeah, ideally, I guess that's how it would go. Mm-hmm. I personally started sinking because I didn't know if my period was going to come when I was coming off birth control. So- oh. I was like pretending based on the, you could do it based on like the sugar pills that you're taking. If you're on the pill, if you were on the patch, like I was, then it's like the week that you don't have it on. That's like considered your breakthrough bleed. That's what you can consider potentially your period. And then you're just basing like the weeks, like if it was over, you know, 28, 30 days, 
then you're kind of like guessing, right? Okay. Um, and then syncing whatever it is your phase would be to like what you're doing. And so I did that for two months. And then when my bleeds came, my actual period came, I kept cycle syncing like that for a long time. Uh, yeah, probably like two years. And then I started okay. racking it with the thermometer and yeah, cause I wasn't seeing anyone at the time. So I wasn't really worried about knowing when I was going to be pregnant or yeah. when I was going to be fertile. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just like full disclosure, I've never been pregnant. Um, after being on all these different types of, you know, ingestives or topical transdermal birth control. And I've never been pregnant when I've been on fertility awareness method. So like tracking my cycle. Same, same. I have to say the same. Um, okay, cool. And then, okay. Definitely going on your site to get all these. I, I've been looking into cycle syncing for a while, like food and, working out. And I'm not going to lie. It seemed really complicated. And I'm the type of person that <laughs> I, I'm the type of person that I, if I'm buying something on Amazon, I've like got like, let's say it's a, let's say it's a hair straightener. I'm on Google. I've got like five different tabs open. I've Googled best hair straightener ever. I mean, I have an issue and then I look for the common <laughs> denominator and then I go to read the reviews. It's a mess. So whenever I get into something like I was looking into cycle syncing, I had the book and then I looked up articles and then I looked up and I was trying to pull all this information into like then create my own. It just got, it got very overwhelming very quickly. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so the, the chart that you were telling me that you have, what is it kind of, what does it have on it or like, what does it? I can, I can imagine if you made it that it's like simple and to the point and easy for people to digest. So like, okay. In woman code, she has like that really great chart of the foods. Um, mm -hmm. Do you remember that? So yeah. I, I took that information. I relayed it out in a way that made just clear sense to me. So I think it was just like, just grains, veggies, fruits, meats, and other, like I, she split it up into like nuts and um something else seafood so I was like I'm not like even doing it like that because I'm yeah. not allergic to seafood so sorry if you're allergic to seafood I don't parse it out like that uh -huh. but it's um yeah it's basically it's just simply like that with the four different phases and then also I kind of combined her information in her second book in the flow and because she talks about the different diets and the different um strategies, I guess, uh, you can call them right. And knowing when to do what, like if you're say someone who is vegan or raw vegan, when could you do that? That's follicular phase. So I put those kinds of notes for myself, like reminding me what, um, what style or what way I could kind of eat with all these foods on the side, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So yeah. it's just like basically the same kind of like chart, you know, all the way across as the different, um, categories of food. And then on the left, going down is um the different phases with some of those notes including Love. like how many days each phases blah 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 and I did the same thing for workouts so movement I just call it movement and I did the same thing and 
I did that for creativity. So whether you're in school or at work, um, you can kind of, you know, gauge that. And then the last one I did was for sex and relationships. So it's a lot of it's from in the flow and it's a lot, a, a lot of it's from, um, the other stuff I learned from a fertility awareness method and taking charge of your fertility. And yeah, those books kind of like combined make these sheets. Wow. Very cool. Okay. Definitely yeah. gonna have to link that in the show notes because that sounds that. very cool. I'm yeah. definitely going to purchase. And if you're interested in any of the stuff, you should definitely purchase too. <laughs> you're so sweet. I'll, I'll send you guys a little discount code too. So awesome. Amazing. My yeah. first discount code. Um, very cool. <laughs> first sponsorship. Hell yeah. First sponsorship. Um, so we don't have a ton of time left, but there's so many other things that I want to get into. I know, I know that you're really into charts. So I feel like, yeah, your eyes lit up when I asked you this before. So I was like, I have to throw this in here because I literally know nothing about any of this stuff. I remember when you sent in your um your bio, it was like all your stuff. And then just like we do, you know, our certificates and stuff, you had written all your charts, which I thought was so <laughs> cool. And I was like, what is this? It was like Taurus Sun, a two-four projector, Enneagram wing. I was like, I am yeah. shook. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. It's it can't that can be super overwhelming. But to <laughs> me, I'm just since I am a projector in human design, I, I love systems. Like I love seeing the bird's eye view of everything and like why things might work the way they work. And to me, astrology is one system. Human design is another system. Gene keys is a branch off of human design. That's another system. Enneagrams or the uh, Myers-Briggs, all of that. Like I think if you want to separate them, it's like some that are just based on your birth information, which I feel like is the clear one, you know, mm -hmm. the one that usually makes more sense to me versus like the um, personality tests, which of course, like your ego can get involved and you answer a certain way because you think of yourself a certain way and this is what it spits out. So I'm like, I take that stuff with a grain of salt, but I do find it fun and interesting as well. Yeah. So Enneagram wise, I am a three wing two. And I think that's achiever with the helper wing. I don't know what the other ones are at all. I haven't really studied Enneagram as much. Um, I think Myers-Briggs the last time I took that, I was an ENFJ. I could not tell you what that stands for. Your anymore. memory is, I don't even remember what I was. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I just remember it. Um, cause it's mine, you know, Yeah. but the, um, human design stuff, like it was really cool actually that the first time I was exposed to it, it was during yoga teacher training, I believe. And then I forgot all about it. And then a, a patient of mine at that uh, clinical job, she brought it up again to me, like, do you know your human design? And I was like, oh, actually, I think I do, but I forgot. So I mm -hmm. looked it up again and it was like in those moments or in those, like, I guess months that I realized, oh my God, I'm a projector. Like no wonder I'm getting burnt out because that particular energy type only has a certain capacity until they feel like they're done for the day. So I think a lot of projectors end up maybe finding themselves in the uh, corporate world and they get burnt out pretty easily. But projectors are actually, yeah, supposed to only do, I think Jenna's always says three to four hours of work a day, but you know, I like, I like my work, so I don't mind doing six, yeah. but I definitely don't love doing 
kind of like the nine to five, I get exhausted now after seeing, you know, I'm, I'm not exhausted, but I'm definitely like tapped by after seeing three clients and I spend a good chunk of time with my clients, you know, 75 yeah. minutes each or something. Oh, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, granted the work is a little bit more intimate and sometimes it can feel really deep. Sometimes it can feel really heavy. We can differentiate those a little bit. Um, so depending on what's going on with them, it's like, okay, I'm feeling a lot, you know? So I have to be mindful of that and like how much I can really give, you know? Yeah. So once I came out of the clinical job where I was doing 36 to 38 clinical hours and documenting everything as well. So it's like, you know, 40 hours a week kind of job seeing anywhere between like eight to 12 clients or patients a day. It just was like a lot. So wow. it makes, makes sense, right? Yeah. At least for a projector, someone who's yeah. a different energy type, like generators um, or manifesting generators. they That's what I am. I'm a generator. Okay. I so looked you... at human designs. The only thing I did, it's literally because you said it. And I was like, yeah. what is this thing? That was going to be my other question is like, are these tests that you can take online? Are they free? Do you have to pay for them? Um, the human design one I was free. Um, yeah. the one that I did at least, and it said generator and I had like read it and stuff and, um, yeah. Yeah. Did it, did it, um, resonate for you? I don't know. I, <laughs> I have it pulled up here. Cause like, as you were talking, I was like, I forgot what I was. I need to find out. And, yeah, um, I, it just says, I don't even know what to read to you. Type generator, Definition, split definition, profile four one, oh. inner authority, emotional solar plexus, solar plexus, strategy to respond, <laughs> not self, not self theme frustration. Mm -hmm. And so then your your signature would be satisfaction. So feeling really satisfied. That's like how you know you have done a good job, or that you um, feel good about what okay. what it is that you're doing, who you're around. Da da da. Fascinating. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I love me a good generator and I think generators or manifesting generators paired with uh, a projector is really, really great. Um, yeah. So I'm a two, four and you're four, one. Mm -hmm. So, oh shoot. I can't remember which one is unconscious and which one's conscious, but they're, I mean, those charts look really fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. At they first they glance, do look really crazy. But it's, again, it's a system. Like you can learn the system if you want. You could also like read books about it or there are certain apps that are really great that have a lot of awesome information there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you did yours through Jenna Zoe, but um, one thing I like about her spit out of the chart is like you can see what um, your environment is. And I always like, this is what? like the latest part of I'll the I'll have to redo it. Okay. Yeah. I mean- I think the, the Jovian archive is like the OG one. If you're going to look up your human design and that's kind of what a lot of the classical readers, I think, um, are looking at, they're looking at that chart style. Um, it's not like it would spit out a different chart, but it's just like how they break down the information right. for you is going to look different, but the environments I always, not always, but until I knew what that was, I found that really, really interesting. Um, so for example, I'm a kitchens person and when I realized that, I was like, oh, it's no wonder I like being not just in kitchens, but in any kind of place of 
like busyness and alchemy and change. And um, for me, that looks like I love working in a coffee shop. Like mm. I love that environment. Uh, you see familiar faces, but you're also seeing other people doing their work and creating. And it's just, it feels like the energy is really good, right? It feels very, really vibrant. I love like an open floor plan, like seeing what's happening. Um, but there are some people who like caves or mountains or shores. <laughs> and, I'm so like, curious. I should have come prepared. I should have taken all these tests and then just oh, talked okay. to you about them. But I'll have to, I'll have to go into it myself and look, cause I'm very curious as to what yeah. I like want to like working from a coffee shop, but I don't think I like it. Um, I, well, I just like, I like to have all my stuff where, you know, like my monitor and my whatever. And, um, well, yeah, that's like, it sounds too. very like, romantic, but it's difficult. No, I get it. Because for me, it's like, if I am working on something pretty, you know, new or challenging and I want access to the resources that I have, like all oh, these books that are sitting behind me, I know they're not going to be watching this, but, um, I have like a whole library here. Right. And, if I don't have those, I feel like a little lost. So I uh-huh. only feel good about going to the coffee shop if I know I'm just going to be on very specific work. Yeah. Or if I need like one book or something like that, then it's fine. Got it. Um, but yeah, that makes I, sense. Yeah. Okay. This is why I was so attracted to you because I know you just like, there's certain people that I feel like just look within a lot. Like you're just very, very curious about like, why you do things, why your body's doing certain things, why you think certain things, why you, it's just, it's like a, it's kind of like a full-time job. It really is. A little bit. It's like kind of exhausting, but also very cool and very, um, empowering. And I just love to have conversations like this because I think it's so cool. And you do like, you do some like pretty cool shit too. I mean, I saw on your Instagram that you like got you did this whole like tying your like you got tied up like thing which I thought was so cool some shibari yes yes I mean I'm down I think that's part partially my nature maybe just to you know don't knock it until you try it kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah no I think it is just about the curiosity and to keep not that it's like you're chasing something you know it's just about like well how can I how can I experience everything that this life really has to offer through like my lens, you know, um, my human body, my, my eyes, my yeah personality or whatever. But yeah, it's, uh, it can be exhausting, but that's why you take breaks, you know? Yeah. It's not like I can read back to back self discovery or self development <laughs> books and like, you have to have the space to integrate it. Yeah. And I think that's, I was just, um, talking about this with a friend we're totally in this age of information right it's been called and we then as even especially as women like we feel I just talked about this too in slope we feel like there's all this access to information it's right at our fingertips and of course we're hearing it or we're listening to it reading it and we're intellectualizing it and then it disappears like there's no chance for integration and there's no chance to bring that awareness out of the head, out of the mind and like into the body, into the womb, into the heart. And that's where I really want people to, that, that's why I find cycle syncing and um, like all this pelvic floor work, pelvic health in general work really important because it gets us out of our fucking heads. Yeah. It takes us out of our ego 
and drops us into what is true, what is mm -hmm. here, what is there, what is present with our human body and our intuition versus like letting a bunch of other things dictate our choices. Yeah. I'm in my head all the time. I did a, a somatic therapy once and, uh, and she would keep kind of being like, I don't somatic therapy is like you, it's done a couple different ways, but the way I did is like you lie there and instead of talk therapy where you're talking, it's more, what are you feeling in your body? Like, do you feel tightness in your chest? Where is that moving? What does it bring up for you? Like, et cetera. And, uh, I remember the first time I, I did it, she'd be like, so what do you feel? And I was like, well, I think I, and she's like, no, 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 not think like, what do you feel? And I was like, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> Yes, we <laughs> have like, to retrain ourselves so hard. Yeah. And I think a lot of, you know, like in my wellness journey and, and everything like that, I think I kind of towards the end here started to really understand like thinking and feeling and how they can be different and how you can like a feeling is quite literally a feeling. It's a tightness in your chest. And then like the brain comes in and is like, what does that mean? Tightness in your chest, blah, blah. And you start to overthink it. And you're like, okay, the feeling is just tightness in your chest. Like that's yeah. all I'm trying to focus on right now is not like the story that comes afterwards that your mind makes up. It's quite literally like sitting with the feeling. And that could be in your chest. That can be in your hands. That can be anywhere. Right. But well, like, so imagine taking that practice of like naming what it is that you're feeling, bring it down into your pelvic floor, the vaginal canal, the cervix, mm. the womb, your anus, your rectum, your tailbone, your pubic bone, your hips, like all of it. Like I, f I feel like, <laughs> I mean, it ends up being, I, it's so funny that we're talking about this again. Cause I again, was talking about this with a friend earlier. I feel like everything's just like lining up. Um, but the, yeah, the, I think versus the, I feel languaging, um, that's just going to take practice for some. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was going to say, oh, what was I going to say? That you were oh, talking to your friend? No, is because you're an emotional generator and you, you actually should ride these like waves of feeling and emotion and ever any time that you are like, well, I think, I think, I think, then you know you're in the head, mm -hmm. and it's just going down back into the emotions. And I think a lot of emotional generators. I feel like you guys have to um, have. Well, okay, so you have to have options that you can then respond to. That's again your strategy, right? So the authority is kind of the the thing that. Granted, I'm not an expert. I just have a friend who's like an expert reader. <laughs> I love it. Just lay it <laughs> I on just me. Learn from her. I learn from her everything. Um, it's all through osmosis. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the generators with the authority that's that can be like emotional or like I know some other generators who are sacral authority, so they actually feel more in their gut versus like in the solar plexus in the center. Um, like above the belly button, essentially, you have to ride those waves. Um, but then the strategy is to then respond. So you work better with someone like, for example, a projector who once we're invited, this is our strategy is wait for the invitation. So you even like, for example, asking me to this podcast, it feels so good and so aligned. Like, of course, I use my discernment and I use my splenic 
authority. My spleen basically talks to me in the moment and it's very quiet. To me, it's sometimes just like a full body, like, okay, yeah. Like it's, you know, um, so even you just asking me to do this podcast was like, yeah, of course, like that's it. And then my Taurus nature is like, I'm loyal as fuck. And I will just, I'm stubborn, but also in a good way, I'm just, I'm going to stick to the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, and like me being invited to talk to you and then you asking me these questions, but also with my ability as a projector, every projector can do this and fine tune this for themselves. Like we're able to see through, we're the seers, we're the guides. Like we can kind of show you and point you in the right direction if we're invited in and allowed to ask you questions that you can then respond to. So whether it's an open-ended question or like, are you feeling this or, or this? Do you feel this or this? Do you want mm-hmm. this to eat or this to eat? Then you check in with your authority, your emotional authority, and maybe yours yours will come in waves, right? But you get to decide based on that. Fascinating. Not like, oh, I think I should have this because I'm in this phase and I'm in this phase. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes we can get even heady about that and that's just totally. like going against the point. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I'm like, I... I don't know much about, you know, tw- like I, when's your birthday? April 23rd. Okay. I'm May 19th. Oh. So I'm like Taurus, Gemini, like cusp E, like more oh. Taurus, but I've, I've read both before and I'm like, I feel equally. And also it's very confusing. Um, it's a very confusing life. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> That's why I think like the, the Zodiac stuff. I think it's, it still resonates, but the human design stuff makes me feel more like that feels true. Resonates more with you. Okay. Everyone go take their human design. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. So we're, I feel like we're gonna have to wrap up here. That's it's so sad. I'm gonna have to I just know. have you back on. I just want to talk for forever. Um, but I have a couple like final questions. So the, the last one is what's like a really impactful book you've read recently? The most recent one that I've read like front to back, um, right now so far is daring greatly. It's, I know it's, old one. my friend just gave it to me. Uh, and it's by Brene Brown. If you're unaware, love her. I had never read any of her books. Like I love her. I love her Ted talk. I love her TEDx talks, whatever. Um, and I love her. Um, I would listen to her podcast while it came out during the pandemic, but mm-hmm. just like any clip that she's being interviewed in, I like, I think she's great. So getting through that book took me a little while, but it's just, it's so good. It's such a good reminder. I made a reel that I think you actually had noted to me that you really appreciated this reel. And it was about, um, shame. The womanhood one. Yes. Yeah. Shame women and perfectionism. And it's like a quote directly out of her book. Um, and I like pinned it to a bunch of, you know, images or whatever for or videos for the reel, but that was so good. Yeah. I got so much feedback from that, you know, and it's just like, okay, this book that's however many years old is still so relevant and we mm-hmm. still all feel a lot of this stuff, you know, it's yeah. kind of crazy that we do, but that one impacted me in a way where I'm like, I'm probably going to have to reach for it again 
when I become a parent, when, whenever that is, um, cause there's at the end, it's like a really sweet, uh, manifesto for parents. Oh, okay. Gonna so, write that down. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly print it out, frame it, give it to your parents maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not, you know, wanting kids or anything like that. It's just, it's a, it's a good thing to like live by, you know? I love that. I love yeah. that. Okay. Daring greatly. I was trying to read her Atlas of the heart book and it's Ugh. very hard. Um, kind of like, it's like very, I don't know if it's the intro, but it's kind of like just a bunch of definitions of words right now. And it's just like, yeah, I can't do that. It's yeah. It's I'm like, it's her. So I like want to, I want to get through it, but it's definitely very difficult. Um, Okay. The, another question is if you have a specific like daily habit that you've done that you've noticed, like has significantly improved your well-being that could be emotionally, physically up to interpretation. I'd say the one thing that I've been doing for the last three to four years, besides the cycle syncing, of course, because remember I kind of fell off of it for a moment mm-hmm. um it's just meditation not oh, not, not super, super consistent crazy. yeah we're we've gotten really consistent James and I um but even before we were like living together and while we were single and then dating I was listening to a meditation on insight timer every morning that's my favorite app do you it's have a favorite, favorite person do you have like um, a there are a couple and I always mess up her name um Lisa or Liza. Uh, okay. It's L-I-Z-A. She has a lot okay. of followers. She's in New York, Queens, New York, or something like that. I love her voice. I just like love the rhythm of her meditations. Um, the first, I guess the first person that I got like obsessed with um initially was Sarah Blondin. Oh, I she feel was- like everyone gets introduced to Insight Timer through Sarah Blondin. Like I love her as well. Yeah. Like I just, I love her poetry. It just like, it taps you in. Um, but in the end it's like her stuff isn't necessarily like meditative for me. No, it's, it's kind of like, like a beautiful to listen to. Yeah. A note to the heart or like, it was just yeah. very, she has very, you just feel like your heart is being talked to as opposed to you're being talked to. But I agree. It's not really like a, a meditation per se. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just say the third person we love to listen to now is David G. David G. I don't know. Do you I don't know okay. who that is. He looks like Santa Claus. He's so cute. He's this old, older gentleman with white hair, white beard. He's got like a cute little voice. Um, he's actually, I think, located in my town in Carlsbad. Oh, um, he. I don't know if he works for the shopper, the shopper center, um, like Deepak Chopra. Um. But he has some good meditations and he's always so cute. He's like, and I'll see you in the gap. Like, oh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to look him up. He's so cute. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to look him up. Okay. So you've been consistently meditating for a really long time. How many, like, do you have like how many minutes? What does like your routine look like? Well, so for example, like we try to listen to one every morning and then okay. at, at least we'll listen to one at night. Like together. I love this. Yeah. So that's so sweet. It's very nice. It like keeps us really grounded. And I think when we do have these mornings, like for example, this morning, we didn't listen to a meditation, but we're going to listen to one later tonight, like as we fall asleep. Um, 
but like I got up early I went on a run so I didn't like listen to one but usually what will happen is uh wake up go to the bathroom both of us come back to bed pick a meditation do the meditation get up make the bed that's another habit I guess that we've like very much so consistently done I love how together your morning is this is like is it like a part a true partnership you guys are kind of doing like starting the day together yeah yeah do you guys have phones on the bed this is something I keep thinking about because I don't love having like when I lived when I lived in my apartment I would have my phone plugged in on the other side of the room. So when my alarm would go off, I'd get up out of bed, Mm -hmm. turn it off, go to the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. Now, since our house is really old, it's like 95 years old. And so there aren't very many outlets. Mm. So I don't plug in across the room. I plug in where James is. Like he sleeps on the Mm. left. I'm on the right. So our plugins are on the left. And so he's the one that. And I actually noticed that like, when I didn't, there was one night and I never do this, but there was one night where I didn't plug my phone in and I kept it next to me on my bedside table and I didn't sleep well. Like, I don't know if it was just the fact that I, they I say something about the die. EMFs or like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. They have yeah. some, we're not going to get into that, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't I've heard enough. theories. Yeah. It's um, so it's, it's interesting. I would prefer not to have phones in the room, but that's where the app is too. Mm-hmm. So we'll yeah. pick like a, a two hour to even like a four hour long meditation, like we're just like meditation music. Oh, wow. Music, and we'll just fall asleep to that. So okay. it's not necessarily like we're meditating. Like a yoga nidra or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. I'll send you ones that I like. Yeah. Send me some. I, I usually, I usually post them on my Instagram when I find new ones that I really like. Um, But I have so many bookmarks for so many different same things. And they're I share always- them with clients too. Yeah. Okay. I I feel like, is there like a, can you share your bookmarks or like, is there like a pro, Mm. can you like have a profile? I feel like you can. I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this because that could be really interesting. So just like follow us and steal from our bookmark list because they're amazing. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think I, I picked some pretty good ones. I've got like high standards for my meditation. Same. Okay. I'll follow you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right back at you. Amazing. So, um, okay. So we're definitely, I feel like we have to get you on again soon. Tell us like where people can find you your sheet. I mean, we'll link everything in the show notes, but where you're most active, where people can learn the most from you. I feel like I'm most active on Instagram. So my handle is b.ellers, E-L-L-E-R-S. And yeah, I post there. I'm trying actually right now while I'm doing slope to post almost every day. Mm. And it's just like a stretch stretch goal for me, but, um, I'm really active there. You can check out all the links to all my things in that link tree, um, Perfect. in my bio and yeah, that's pretty much it. But if you have any cool. questions, feel free to email me. Hello at we are being better.com. I'll shout out. I love yeah. it. <laughs> that's me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on. This was so, there's so many things that I wanted to talk about. I feel like we got to a lot of them, but not all of them, but know, there's more. To this was amazing. Yeah. Um. So go ahead, check her out on Instagram. Join the workshops. Join any retreats that you she holds. Like m- amazing person doing amazing things. So 
Thank you so much for being on and gracing my podcast with your presence. Thank you, Azul. I'm so appreciative. (laughs) Until next time. If you enjoyed this episode or if any part of it resonated with you, it would mean the world if you shared what you learned or something that you loved and tagged me on Instagram at Azul Corajoria. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen in and be sure to come back next week. Thank you for support, my loves. I will see you soon.